Well, good morning. Welcome to another online service at Philpot Church. I'm so glad that you're able to join us here. And uh, it's, it's good to be able to, to continue to worship together, uh, even if it's not the way that we're used to doing it. I think it's still important, and I think a lot of you are, are finding this valuable as well. Uh, we have something special to share. If maybe you know somebody who is not able to join us each week online, but maybe this person has access to cable television. So there's a local cable channel, Cable 14, that has very generously made it possible for churches to broadcast their services on their channel. And so Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., we're going to rebroadcast our service from the previous Sunday uh, on that channel, on Channel 14. So if you know somebody who wants to be able to connect and maybe has access to cable TV, let them know. And maybe right now you are watching me on channel 14. In that case, hi, welcome to you as well. Uh, it's really good to be able to worship together. We've got Kevin and Esther Foth with us this morning. They're gonna be leading us in song and we're always so glad to have them here. I'd like to start out by reading to you from Psalm 34, just the first three verses. David writes this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's goodness with me. Let us exalt his name together. And uh, hopefully that's what we're going to do together this morning. So why don't you join us in singing wherever you're at, uh, from your couch or wherever. The words will be on the screen. And uh, yeah, let's exalt the Lord together. The scripture reading this morning is taken from Psalm 62. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in his lies, and with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Lowborn men are but a breath. The highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. This is the word of the Lord.
Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. It's, uh, it's really good to be together again, and I'm really glad to be able to share God's Word with you again today. Um, you know, I'm grateful uh, to be able to continue to preach and, and share God's Word with you like this, uh, but I have to admit, uh, I certainly miss not being able to be together. And there's something quite challenging, at least for me, to uh, be, you know, looking at this camera and, and trying to preach and share God's word as I'm looking into this camera. There's something special about being together and that that human interaction and and being in a room and just sensing, uh, you know, what's happening in the room and how God's spirit is moving. Uh, but still, grateful to be able to do that in this moment. And I'm trusting that God's spirit, and I know he is, is at work even in this moment, despite uh, the circumstances. I believe that God, by his spirit, is, is going to move in your heart and life today, and he's going to help me as I, as I communicate to you. Can I pray for us uh, as, we, as we come to his word this morning? Lord, thank you for this moment. And I just pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, you would come now and you would touch my own heart and life, touch my mind, help me to communicate well, help me to share your word clearly, Lord, today. And I pray for those who are listening that by your spirit they will receive uh, your word. And, uh, Lord, I know your word will accomplish its good purposes. And so we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are on the Sunday after Easter. It was a very, uh, very different Easter, wasn't it? But um, I'm thankful for how God met with us and uh, just sensed his nearness over our, our Easter weekend services. And as we, as we navigate our way through this season, you know, I'm thankful to have uh, some good people uh, to serve with me and, and to walk through this season. And just want to say a special thank you to Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. It's a privilege to, to serve alongside you in this season and to, to work together as we seek to deliver uh, the, these, uh, these services. And Jesse does an awful lot of work behind the scenes and in, uh, in, 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 in the, making these services come to you every week. So it's a privilege to be able to work with him and, and serve alongside him. And also a special thanks to the tech team who, who comes every week and just helps us out and, and, and makes this possible. And so uh, a shout out to our tech team as well. And just so that you know, they are smiling right now as I, as I say that. And uh, so it's, it's good to be together today. Uh, I, I'm sure you've probably experienced... Uh, a at some point in your life, kind of a post-special event letdown. Maybe, you know, there's this whole idea, you know, you've been looking forward to something and, and, and the event comes and then, you know, it, it turned out great, but then there's, there's this inevitable letdown. Um, I think my dad always used to talk about, you know, anticipating vacation time and how the best part of vacation was always the anticipation. And, and so maybe you've had that experience, and, and, and it's kind of like, I suppose, the first Sunday after Easter. Uh, it, it's been called many things by different people. Uh, this Sunday has been called by some as Empty Pew Sunday. Uh, you know, a lot of churches go through that big high of, of Easter Sunday and sometimes a lot of extra people and visitors, and then the next Sunday it's, has this feeling of being less empty. Uh, 
this truly is Empty Pew Sunday here at, at Philpot uh, today. Uh, some people have called this Associate Pastor Sunday. Uh, because it's typically a Sunday where a lot of uh, lead communicators kind of pass the baton on to someone else to share. You kind of have that inevitable maybe letdown, that first Sunday after Easter. I've noticed this week um, a growing conversation in the news media about how we can move to a a post-COVID-19 normal. And there's been the dialogue about returning to whatever that normal is going to look like has been, has been ramping up. And it's been a real focus, I've noticed, in the news these days. So what does life look like post-COVID-19? What, what does church look like post-COVID-19? I think there will be some short-term implications that we'll need to work through and maybe some, some, some longer-term implications and some lessons maybe that we're all going to learn through this. All of that got me thinking about post-resurrection mourning for the first followers of Jesus. And if we could enter into that uh, reality again for a moment, you know, it's early, early Easter morning, and as the, the, the first light of, of a new week dawns, uh, Matthew's gospel at least tells us that Mary Magdalene and another woman named Mary come to, to visit the tomb of Jesus. And they come expecting to experience death and to, to experience mourning. But as they come to the tomb expecting death, they instead encounter life and and now things will never be the same and 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 Matthew tells us there's this there's this angel who announces to them he is not here but has risen and then the angel says go quickly and tell the rest and then there's this Sure, a mixture of fear and joy as they run to, to tell the rest of Jesus' followers. But on the way, they're met by Jesus himself. And Matthew tells us that they fall down at his feet and, and they, they're worshiping. And then Jesus says to them, go and tell. And, and you get the sense of the profound implications of this morning. You just get the sense that there'll be no returning to normal. There, no returning to the way things were. And, and from the very beginning, resurrection was meant to be announced. And wherever this news is announced, things will be profoundly, profoundly different. So turn with me, if you will, uh, to an early Christian letter in our Bible, Colossians chapter 3. And I want to read verses 1 to 4 with us today. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And so Paul, the apostle, writes and says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, 
and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Amen. And so the, the women on, on Easter morning were told, go and tell. And this, this resurrection morning instruction turned these two women into the first evangelists of the church. And, and what Easter announces to us is that what God did for Jesus on resurrection morning, he, he does for, for you in the very depth of your being. He, he raises us to new life. We, we come alive in Jesus. Things, things that were, were dead in us come alive. And, and we're set free to, to live with Jesus and to live for Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul writes and says, If then you have been raised with Christ. Let me, let, let's stop there. Let's, let's think about, well, who's being addressed? Paul is addressing Christians. He's addressing those who have been raised to this new life with Christ. And so it's a good question. Have you been raised with Christ? Have you been raised to new life with Christ? And so there are probably some helpful questions that can, that can help you answer that question. Do you, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the, the Messiah, that, that he came in the flesh and that his death was the perfect sacrifice for your sin against God. Do, do you believe that Christ was crucified for your sin, for your rebellion, and raised on the third day? And, and do you have genuine affection for God? You know, are, you, are you serious about following Jesus? Have you been raised to this new life? And, and so the writer is addressing those of us who've been raised with Christ and, and is inviting us to understand this new normal that we now live in. And at the very heart of our new creation life, think of these words. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So let me ask you a question. No doubt you may, may have been asked this in, in some point in your life. You know, where are you from? Uh, it, it's a question that we often ask when we meet someone who perhaps looks different or sounds different. Um, I, I, I've been asked that question quite frequently since I moved here um, to Ontario. For those of you who may not know, I'm a lifelong uh, Newfoundlander and, uh, and moved here. And apparently, uh, we, we talk uh, a little bit different. Apparently, I have an accent. Uh, it, it's, it's, news, it's news to me. Sometimes uh, I, I may say words uh, differently. And so sometimes I've been out and about and people have asked, you know, where, where are you? Where are you from? And so our, our accents and our habits and our attitudes and our, our hobbies and our perspectives, they all tell a story 
of where we're from. The defining reality of our new life in Christ, I think, is answering that question. Where are you from? And I want us to note how Paul roots our new life in Christ's gospel journey. That Christ died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven where he sits enthroned until his return. And as one person writes, Paul's genius is to show how being united to Christ binds us forever to each of these stages. And so Paul says, we've been raised with Christ. And in Christ, we are, we are seated in heaven, seated in God's new world. Think about that. I thought of Ephesians chapter 2, where it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And listen, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And through, through the miracle of resurrection, we are raised to new life in Christ and seated with him in heaven. And so think about this question again. Where are you from? If, if you've been raised with Christ, there, there is this sense that you already belong to the, to the age to come. You are in Christ, seated with him. And so our true home is, is where Christ is. And, and when the scripture says, set your minds on things above, I think he's saying to us, let the reality of our new place, our new identity in Christ, shape our outlook on everything. This, this new normal is, 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 is aiming for what is above, thinking on, on what is above. And in these verses, there is this longing for Christians to realize what is already true of them in Christ. Our, our new normal as people of God centers around learning to think. As Paul says, setting our minds on things above. And we must never, ever forget, as Paul says in verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Don't ever forget that you died with him and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And so Paul is inviting us into this life of thinking upon this, of, of continually beholding these gospel truths so that our hearts and our will join in this new reality. And there truly is in this new life that we've been called to the sense that our inward reality forms our, our practices. We sing these words from, from, from the hymn before the throne of God above, the words, One with my Lord I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood, and my life is safe with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. 
And so if you've been raised with Christ, you, you cannot remain the same. There is, no, there is no going back to normal, for your life is now bound up with his. And Paul says in verses 3 and 4, For you have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so we wait. For when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. One, on the day of Christ's return, we will appear with him. We will be seen as, as transformed and perfected. I, I, like what, uh, I like what author Mark Murnell writes. He says, that coming glory means the removal of everything that damages or distorts us, that harms or has broken us. All suffering and all causes of suffering will be gone for eternity. But there's no fear or doubt here because our coming glory is not dependent on our sprucing ourselves up or making ourselves worthy in any way. As if that were even possible. No, this glory is brought about by Christ himself and when he returns. And in the meantime... We wait. And this new life that we've been called into, according to Paul, it's a life of waiting. It's a life of thinking on Christ. It's a life of rehearsing the truths of the gospel. And from that place, new habits and new practices emerge. Let me, um, let me say this as we kind of finish up. There are two kinds of waiting. There is perhaps what we might call rainy day waiting. And that's, that's passive. It's a passive type of waiting. It's, it's, like a, it's like a kid with a soccer ball maybe looking out his front window when it's pouring raining. You know, the child is not doing anything. It just... Just there, looking out the window with a soccer ball, waiting for the rain to stop. Rainy day waiting. But then, but then there's, uh, some people describe house guest waiting. Now, now, house guest waiting is a different kind of waiting altogether. You know, you're, you're waiting for, for, for guests to come. But most times you're pretty busy. You're, you're busy cleaning things up and, and picking things up and taking, taking the, the coat that's been hung on the, on the, on the chair for a few days uh, and, and, and you're picking up a pair of uh, socks that are, are on the floor in the living room. Uh, again, this is not personal experience at all. Uh, but but you know, there, there's, this, there's this active way, there's house guests waiting. And I think this second type of waiting best fits our posture as, as Christians. You know, I, I think of what Jesus taught us to pray when he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because God has shared the values of heaven with us. And God gives us a desire to share those values as part of our preparation for his return. And so there's this active waiting as we become instruments of, of God's hope. 
And so I want you to know on this first Sunday after Easter that the resurrection matters, that we've been raised to new life, and knowing our spiritual address has a profound effect upon our lives. You know, this, this truly is a difficult season. We keep saying that, but it's true. It really is. It really is a, a, a tough season. But I, but I also want us in this season to embrace God's renewing work. I was, I was listening to um, a pastor by the name of Mark um, Sayers on a podcast this week talking about how renewal always springs from people who are going through personal crisis. You know, perhaps the most important question right now is, what does God want to do in you in this season? How will you come out on the other side of this pandemic? This is probably not the best time for strategy and pragmatics and, 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 and sermons about how-tos and, and all that, that type of thing. I, I think this is a moment for personal renewal. I, I agree with Sayers who, who suggests that this is a time for sitting with God, beholding God, and hearing Him. And the question I want you to be praying through this week is what does God want to do inside you at this time? What does God want to do inside of me? I'm going to invite Kevin and Esther to, to come back and, and just uh, play a, a song for us this morning. And I just want to lead you in a time of, of prayer and I just want you to embrace the renewing presence of God. You know, if you've been raised with Christ, set your minds on things above. Set your minds in, uh, upon these, these, these great gospel truths and embrace this season of renewal. What is it God wants to do in your life in this season? And so I encourage you this week, friends, to to sit with God, to sit with God and wait, to sit with God and think, and to behold Him, to sit with God and worship Him, to sit with God and sing, to sit and be still, and to remind yourself over and over of this truth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Think about that. Ponder that. Meditate upon that. This is the light that we've been called into. So I just invite you right now in this moment, I invite you to just take a moment and be still and to think. In a few moments, no doubt, you're going to maybe turn on CBC again and See the latest update, but for right now in this moment, just, just be still as they play something here and just think about this truth. Think about this as they play. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Go ahead, friends, and think about that.
minds upon you, Lord. We fix our minds upon you, Lord. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Lord, thank you for that truth. Thank you for this new life that you have called us into. It's a life of waiting. It's a life of learning to think differently. It's, it's a life, Lord, where we're being just shaped by these gospel realities. Lord, I pray that our spiritual address will truly shape us and form us in new and deep ways, Lord. Help us to ponder these gospel truths that we have died and our lives are now hidden with you in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for these truths. Thank you, Lord. We want to see you today in a fresh and a new way. Thank you for your nearness, Lord. Thank you for your nearness. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be led in a final song. to that. That's a, that's a great song to end on and a song again that reminds us that for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. God bless you everyone. It's been great to be with you uh, again uh, today. Praying for you. Praying you have a, a good week. Praying you sense the Lord's nearness this week and uh, we look forward to being able to be together again. And as we, uh, as we leave you now and as we uh, kind of Begin a new week. Uh, Elise, uh, Elise Arsenault is going to kind of sing us into a new week. And we're happy to share this, uh, this uh, song that she's written and, and uh, done a great job with. And so Elise is going to sing us into this uh, new week. God bless you and uh, take care. <laughs>